You're listening to Family Life Church, San Jose. And now, a message from Pastor John Davis. This message this morning, witness the power in you. Come on, somebody. Witness the power in you. Come on. And so how many know it's time for us to start witnessing the power that God, listen, it was, I'm, I'm power. No, listen, it's a power that God wants you to have this morning. God wants you to have power this morning. So I, I started praying. I started believing God. And so before I take off here, I, I've asked uh, three couples uh, to come and share that, to, to witness the power that they've experienced in their life. Amen. And so I'm going to bring up the first couple. I'm going to bring up Lupe and Jackson. Come on up. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Tear it up. Good morning, everyone. Oh, all I can say is I give God all the glory for as long as we've been serving him and everything that he has done in, in our lives. Um, God is good and God is real. And to, I'm going to make it short because I know there's a few other couples, so I'm on a time limit. So my husband's going to be kind enough to remind us the time is up. But And um, really quick, I just want to share that in 2008, when I was released from jail, I walked in here on Christmas Eve, and I gave my life to the Lord. And I continue to seek him and serve him. There was many trials, many struggles. There was many challenges and many battles that I didn't understand, but I knew I felt something when I walked into family life, and I knew I wanted to continue to have that feeling in my life. Um, I can say that I am an eye in that witness right there. That's very powerful. When Pastor Rich put that up there, I kind of was listening to the sermons, and you kind of just take in, and you allow it just to start, you know, feet. For me, I allow things to start working in me. You know, am I a witness? What am I a witness to? Because sometimes you really don't know how powerful of a witness you really are. And you really don't see what God has done in you. And other people can see it, but sometimes you don't feel it or don't see it because you're still going through something. But let me tell you, everybody in this place, if you have walked in here, you are that I and that witness that's up there. Because I, I witnessed my husband, who was a, a one percenter outlaw president for the Mongols, that we did many things out there on the road that God forgave us for, and now we're seeking him. So I seen the character change, the transformation change in him. So I am that eye and that eyewitness. I seen what God has done in me. I had anxiety, depression. I was suicidal. I was hooked on Vicodins. I had an addiction that I thought my life was going to stay like that because every time in the morning, I needed what I needed to help me get through it. But that was the enemy's voice that I was hearing. See, we have a deceiver or a receiver. And I decided to allow the receiver to come into me and do that change. So I am an eyewitness. In this time of serving the Lord, we've lost everything in our home. We've lost many things, uh, uh, large amounts of money. I had to buy groceries off of $150 and pay my bills, but the Lord made a way because when I did go, everything was on clearance. So I am an eyewitness on what God can do. It was always some way, somehow the Lord came in and he provided for us because he's our provider. But it's how much do we want it? How much do we need him? See, the Lord, the difference is the Lord wants us to need him. 
not want him because a want we know when we want something we just want it and then we push it away after we used it or we had it no we need him in everything that we do and everything in our life so for me i am that i and that witness and my husband just letting me know that my time is up so i and, and i just want him do you want to share something yeah oh, god's always good god's always good Amen. So I also seen him do his healing, complete healing from cancer, not just in my husband, in my pastor and sister Mary and many of us in here. So many healings. So God's not done yet. So you are that eyewitness. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. God is good. God is God is great, amen. What a powerful testimony, amen. And uh, me and my wife, my name, in case uh, people don't know who we are, you know, my name's Guillermo, and this is my wife, Antoinette Martinez. And uh, uh, we've been coming to this church about eight years now. And uh, this morning, we just want to share a brief and powerful testimony about the glory and the love of God in, in our lives and how the, the transforming power of 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 Christ, how when people witness it, they too can have a hope in him because they witness the transformation in us, the transformation in Lupe, in Jackson, many others that are in this church, that they could too have a hope in him. So uh, with that said, I'm just going to turn it over to my wife and she's just going to share uh, what God has placed in her heart this morning. Hello, everybody. Hi, I'm Antoinette. So um, when they asked us to speak today, I started thinking about, you know, um, what we've been going through with the series with Pastor Richard, Pastor John, and Adriel. And something that God uh, brought to my heart was um, in the book of Acts, the first, uh, the first church, right? These men who witnessed, you know, God's miracles and um, God's resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, you know. And it, it provoked a, a faith in them and that power in them to go forth and to preach the gospel, you know, and I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about how that relates to our life. And I know when we first started coming in here, some of you guys witnessed some, some stuff. <laughs> but you guys also witnessed the change in our lives, the way that God, you know, manifested in our lives and changed our characters and our behaviors, right? And I know for some of you guys that, that activated your faith, right? And I, was, I wanted to say something. There was one time me and my husband were leaving um, from church, and... There was this man out there that he knew, and he was out in front of the laundromat, and I think he was like, he was just down and out on his luck. My husband went up to him, and he was like, hey, what's up, brother? Like, how are you doing? And they started talking, and I could see my husband witnessing to him. And I'm sitting in the car, and I'm watching him, and all I hear, I hear this, my husband prays for him. He tells him about the men's fellowship. He tells him about how he's changed his life, and he comes to church. And I hear the guy tell him, like, man, but man, Gedmo, he goes, I heard that you were a pastor, I heard <laughs> I heard that you were doing men's fellowship. I heard that you were going to church. And he was like, but I would have never believed it if I wouldn't have seen it with my own eyes. You know, and that's the power, you know, that, that, that resides in us after we go through these things and that manifests in us after our faith, right? After sitting in church and just being here with everybody. And that's, that's just how God works. Amen. So we, we, she said all of this to, to say this, you know, there's power in Christ, and there's power in your witness, and I just want to point it out that the key words to this guy was like, man, get him, we heard that you were doing this, I heard that you were doing that, he's all, but I would have never believed it if I wouldn't 
of seeing it. And that's what we're talking about here today, church, the power of the witness, that people witness the transformational power of Christ in your life. So let's just move forward from this day and let Christ and the power that lives in you transform other people's lives and let them have a hope because of what Christ has done for you. Amen? Praise God. I told my wife she's going to talk because usually when a pastor has a mic, what happens, they want to preach. But I'm going to keep it short and uh, simple. Um, God is just phenomenal. I sit back and I just, uh, Pastor Richard said, just be grateful. Man, I... I don't know, man, I, I remember just being in junior high already selling shake. <laughs> being in high school selling little ones. And uh, I don't know if you guys know a little one, but it was PCB. And I remember just running this whole little neighborhood, just running the muck in this neighborhood. Right, 375 Easy Street. All up and down seven trees. And all I knew was the neighborhood. I remember... Uh, just, uh, I remember Big Ben. He was just the older OG. And, and I remember Gabe when Gabe was young, man. Gabe used to be phenomenal in baseball and started hanging out with us. <laughs> I remember Julia, and I just look around this place, and I see familiar faces coming in little by little. And just God, been coming. I remember coming to this church when they were in a hotel. And then moving to Sunnyvale, coming here where this was a basketball, there were basketball courts in here, and just how good God is. And it's the real deal. It's not, it's not, it's nothing fake. I seen him tell me and my wife to, with my last daughter to, to, uh, to abort her because she was deformed. And I see God work miracles. I've seen him work miracles. I've seen him work a miracle in my life, my wife's life. You guys will hear her testimony one day. You guys will be blown away. You know, sometimes she's just quiet and just, you know, there, but she's, she's had a, a tough, tough road as well. Remember just rolling around with 38 stub notes, just, just doing bad stuff, and, and now I, I, I'm just grateful, thankful to just what God... What God will not just do doing me, but doing others. The eyewitness, my mother-in-law at that time, uh, I remember picking up Lynette. They used to have Bible study at her house, and uh, I'll tell this story. And, and uh, I used to pick her up, and I'd be all sauced up already. And go pick her up, and uh, they'd come. i see that door open. I'm like, damn. My mother-in-law would come out, and I already knew. She was like, I'll come to church. You know, it's just all jolly. And in the back of my head, I, you know, I, I used to make fun of people who went to church. I just, in my head, I'm like, miss me with that, miss me with that. And that was my mentality. My mentality was just miss me with all that nonsense. And uh, she just kept it up, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. I'll, I'll close with this, is you are that witness. Those that haven't received the Lord that you know, don't stop praying, man. I I got a call last weekend on my way to church from a childhood friend of mine. And, uh, and he has a lot of influence. 
lot of influence in a bad way. And he called me broken. And for him to call me, it took me marrying his people that I know and him, him seeing me at weddings doing the, doing the ceremony, like Guillermo said, witnessing, seeing me doing that kind of stuff. And he was like, man, this guy is not playing. I don't play. When I ran, when I ran just in the neighborhood, you want to do it 100%. We've got to do that for the Lord. But I was able to share with them and, and, and watch the seeds have been planted spiritually through prayer begin to blossom. And, and that's what God does. I am that I am witness. I'm a living testimony of a wreck to something restored, rejuvenated, from making fast money to making legit money. Now, God is good. Don't ever doubt him. He's good. Come on, somebody. Isn't that powerful? I mean, you know, we just, we need to hear that in the house of God. Amen. We need to understand that we, we started one place and, and we may have come in, uh, you know, one way and we can leave a totally different way. Amen. I, I, I love how all three have, have come up and they shared a little something. And you know what? I think a lot of us in here started to kind of relate to them a little bit. And then maybe even went back to the time when you first got saved, when you first got born again, understanding the transformation that comes through God's power that changes our life. Bro, when you started speaking, I remember I came into this house as a meth addict. I was a meth. Woo. Come on, somebody needs to give God praise for where you came from. Somebody needs to give God praise from what he pulled you out of. Somebody needs to give God praise for the victory he's laying on your life right now. Somebody needs to give God some praise for the call of God that's on your life. Because God's not done with you yet. God says, I called you to be a witness. A witness to why? A witness of heaven. A witness of Christ. A witness of the cross. A witness of what God can do to a life. Amen. What you now just experienced this morning are witnesses that have been changed by the power of the cross. I came in as a meth addict. My breakfast was meth. My lunch was meth. My dinner was meth. My dessert was meth. I didn't go to bed, so I didn't wake. I didn't have to wake up in the morning. I came in. To, do, you, do you realize that the statistics say that somebody that's on crystal meth, they have a 90% chance of not getting off of crystal meth? A 90% chance. Well, okay, that's fine. Who, who, but who's saying that? To whose statistic? Because to the statistic of heaven, if you give your life to Christ, God can change anything. God can change families. And he can take folks that are on meth and make them into ministers. Come on, somebody. You know, and I used to deal dope, but now I deal hope. Amen. Come on, somebody. I, I didn't stop dealing. I just, I started dealing something that changes communities and not killing them. Come on, somebody. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the witness and the power that's in you. My wife and I, we were like Bonnie and Clyde. Amen. The real, hey, the, here's, a, here's the real fact. We would have robbed you back in the days. Oh, no, we would have. She would have held you at gunpoint. Amen. Oh, she probably didn't have to do that. Alice got this look. 
Don't worry, if you get that look when you come into the church, that just means she loves you. Amen. Come on, somebody. Got to take a couple that, you know, I remember the Bonnie and Clyde scenario. I'm talking about we would go city to city. We would go to this city and wreak havoc. We'd go to that city and wreak havoc. We'd go to all these cities and and wreak havoc. And, 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 and nowhere in my heart or in my mind did I ever think that I was going to be called by God. Nowhere in my heart or my mind did I ever think I would be holding a microphone telling people about Jesus and the power of the cross. Never in my mind, just like a lot of us here today, we never could foresee what, how the God's plan in our life. Amen. We would go city to city and we would wreak havoc. We would go everywhere, taking a manipulation, sin, craziness, dealing all, just doing all the bad stuff possible, amen. And then all of a sudden, God wants to start coming into our lives, wrecking our world. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about coming in and wrecking my world. What do you mean go to church? You go to church. You're talking about Jesus. I know a dude named Jesus. Come on, somebody. God is so powerful. Amen. And, and, and God started doing something. So the way God started doing things, he started doing them first through Alice. Uh-oh. Start doing it through Alice. Then God started sending little messengers to come knock on my door. God, you better knock all that stuff off. Somebody put the dog in the front yard. Amen. You know, some of you guys did that on purpose. Amen. But it couldn't stop the call of God. It couldn't stop. It couldn't stop the plan of God. Amen. And all of a sudden, God was to start doing stuff in Alice. And next thing I know, she's talking about she's going to church. Church. Yeah, you should come with me. I ain't going to no church. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, you, should, you, you need to come, babe. You need to come to church and this and that, you know, because uh, I don't know if I could be with you anymore. <laughs> See, you need some godly women like that. Have me like a puppy chasing. <laughs> come on, somebody. Because this dog had a name. Come on now. And all of a sudden, she's starting to go to church. And then God started lining stuff up. Amen. God starts lining things up. And, and she was going to one church. She was going with her cousins. And she's doing all this other stuff. And God was doing an incredible move in her life. And just like Pastor Albert says, one day when Alice shares her testimony, she's got a really crazy, crazy testimony even before she met me. And it's going to come out and it's going to be powerful. And so God started doing some stuff. And then all of a sudden now, it started to line it all up. And then here comes, of course, Uncle Andrew. I call him the greatest preacher I ever met. It's because he wouldn't give up. You know why he wouldn't give up? Yeah, because he loved me. You know, I say crazy stuff to him. But that's not why he gave up. It's because he loved Jesus first. And the reason why he didn't give up is because there is a power in this witness. 
there was a power in this witness that says, that says I refuse to lose. I refuse to back up. I refuse to let the gates of hell take this one and take that one and take this one. When I've been flooded by the power of heaven, come on somebody, I've been, been empowered by the fruit of the spirit and that's why he wouldn't give up. And next thing you know, you start lining it all up. And then I start ending up at Family Life Christian Center in Sunnyvale. But I didn't make it easy for everybody. Because I'm just not that easy. I'm not Sunday morning. Come on. Oh, you're, you're, Papa Mark know where I'm going with this. Amen. And listen, I didn't make it easy. First target was the first one who would answer the phone at Family Life Christian Center. That target has a name. That's Pastor Jeannie Thurman. Come on. Now, how many know that Jeannie is a powerful woman of God? And I've I seen Jeannie, she, she can be, but she is really, really more on that loving side. And see, the power of God dwelt in her so much, I could not rattle this woman. I, I mean, I must have asked her, I, might, I rifled off questions like a machine gun in a war. And she just kept, yes. And she just kept answering the questions with the power and the authority of God and the love of God and that movement. And this is over the telephone. And over the telephone, it led me to believe that I need to take a step in that direction. I came to family life. And when I came to family life, I came through. And you guys know, know this story, but I, I feel like we need to start talking about the power of the witness. You see, because it's real. My story is real. What God has done to me is real. What God has done to you is real. We need to say what we see. We need to say what we see. Amen. So I, I come inside the house of God and I'm coming and it's pastor. Uh, I come and when Andrew is preaching and on a Wednesday night, then I ended up somehow coming when I, and I got to meet Pastor Mitch. And he's just, he's just praying stuff out. I mean, he's preaching power. He's preaching authority because if you know anything about Pastor Mitch, he is a firm believer of walking in power, firm believer of walking in faith. He's a firm believer as, as we should be too, church. Because listen, when you get born again and saved by the power of God, understand that God is not withholding his power. He is giving you power that you can walk in operation of God's power. You are not a powerless Christian this morning. You are not a Christian that has to walk in a, in a spirit of cowardness this morning. Uh-uh, look at your neighbor and say, no, no, no. That's right, no, 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 amen. We, 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 we come into the house of God and next thing I know, I'm starting to hear things that I ain't never heard before. I'm starting to get downloaded with some fresh stuff that I've never heard before. I'm in this dark place, but all of a sudden, the word of God is starting to propel me to come over inch by inch, foot by foot. I'm starting to like what I hear. And it's not because so much is it's what I like. It's just something I never heard. And I started believing it with my whole heart. Come on, somebody. And the statistics of the, uh, of the world saying 90% will never come back when they use meth. Well, no one asked God. Did you ask God? Did you check with Jesus? 
Come on, somebody. And next thing I know, God started changing our life and changing our life. And I started getting into stuff that I thought I would never, ever do in my life. I never thought God would call me to be a pastor. Had no clue. It wasn't my desire or my dream to become a minister behind a pulpit. That was not me. I had other aspirations, which I will not get into. Come on, somebody. I ain't going there today. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Put it on the board. Watch this. I'm going to read this scripture. And therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and full of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the and to the ministry of the word. Watch this. The wit witness, the power in you. Here we have in the book of Acts, the apostles, the apostles are now, you know, they're serving in ministry. But you got to understand that this is Peter and John and they just came from the gate called beautiful and they just they just experienced a miracle from God. There was a man that was crippled at the gates for all, almost all of his whole life. And do you realize that Peter and John himself would always go to the temple to go pray? They would pass this man every day that would lay there every single time. But see, something happened to Peter and John. Something happened to the apostles when they waited in the upper room. Something happened. They believed Jesus. And what they did then was obey the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord was this. I want you to stay here until you are filled with power on high. And they laid in this place. And all of a sudden, they are obeying the Lord. They don't know what the power on high looks like. They don't know what the Holy Ghost is dressed like. They have no idea. All they knew was to wait. On the power of God, but they would know when it showed up. The Bible says that a wind comes in out in the room. Amen. A, a mighty, violent wind. It's starting to shake up everything. And all of a sudden, the apostles are filled with the power of God. So when they went to this temple, they see the man at the gate called Beautiful. This time he walks by and the, and the beggar is asking for some gold coin. He's asking for some assistance. He's asking for some groceries. He's asking for something. And Peter, Peter turns around and he looks at him. He says, silver and gold I do not have. It was a different answer this time. It was a different answer. It was a different approach. Why? Because the answer was, I am moving in the power of God this morning. I have an understanding that God has filled me and I just feel different. I feel like I could lay hands on somebody and they shall recover. Come on, somebody. I feel like that I can push back demonic principalities. I feel like I can go over and take over atmospheres. I feel like somebody better get out of my way because I'm going to get in the way because the way is in me because he is the way this morning. Amen. I feel like a, a new thing. I feel like a new creation in Christ. Why? Because the power of God dwells in you this morning. And so here's Peter. He, he gives him a whole completely different answer. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have to you. He says, get up in the name of Jesus. And for the first time, not for the man that was, that was paralyzed, but for the first time in Peter's life, the power became alive in this witness for Christ. 
he began to experience something he ain't never experienced before. He walked by a man that was crippled, and all of a sudden, he rises this man out. And no one can argue with the miraculous signs that took place. Amen. Can I tell you that when you are a distributor and a releaser of God's power, and nobody's going to be able to argue it. Why? Because God always accompanies signs and wonder, uh, wonders with his word. Amen. And so when we are releasers of God's word, miracles will happen. Signs will happen. Healing, restoration, families restored, marriages empowered. All these things begin to happen. Why? Because we chose to be a witness that decided I'm going to allow the power of God to flow in me and out of me to see the changing of the people right here in your city. Amen. Look at Stephen. He is called. He is called. He doesn't take this lightly. He is called. His brothers choose seven men from among you. The apostles are going to separate themselves. But now it's up to seven men to take care of the, of the widows. There's uh, Greek widows and there's Jewish widows. And and, and, and back in those days, friends, and this is part you have to understand, back in those days, these widows, if, if widows would actually die from famine if they weren't fed, you know, you know get their food. They're widows. And so now if they're not fed, right, people literally died from starvation. I mean, people died from starvation today. And so here it is. He said, you need to find seven men full of faith, full of wisdom, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody's got to take care of them. This wasn't just, well, well, we're just, you, I've, I've heard it before. Yeah, they were just waiting on tables. No, they weren't just waiting on tables. They were called to take care of people. Whose people? God's people. It just wasn't, well, I'm just going to sit here and be a waiter. I'll just move their plates for them. No, no, no. We never, we never take lightly the opportunities that God lays before us. This was serious business. And how many know that God was about to use Stephen's life? Why? To reach people for the kingdom of God. Watch this. He says, pick them. And among these men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, amen, whom we may put in charge of this task. Here we have Stephen and he's ready. He's going to go and he's taking it seriously. His, the opportunity that was presented to him was not based on his education. Come on, somebody. It wasn't based on whether he had a Ph.D. It wasn't based on whether he graduated from Ofer, uh, Overfeld High School. I did graduate from Overfeld High School. Come on, somebody. The opportunity was not based on if you've ever done it before. Listen to me. You have to catch that. It wasn't based on if he's done it before. A lot of times, God is going to call you and choose you and challenge you and put you in a situation, and it's, it, you, you ain't never done it before. You have never done it before. And now all of a sudden now, uh, fear will try to come and intimidate. Oh, this is scary. I've never done it. You know what? Why don't you go ahead and go get Pastor Richard? He has done this before. No, no, listen. That's probably a good move. Oh, go, go get uh, Pastor Mitch. Uh, you know, he's done it before. Well, that's a good move. Maybe use them as mentors. But men of God will understand. They'll help you and mentor you. But they'll step out of the way so that you can start learning how to trust God. Because even your mentors won't even be able to get on the mountain that God wants you to climb. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, I, I got to, can you come with me? No, son, I, I can't. 
I remember one time in Family Life downtown, I was jacked up. I mean, I was sick. I was all this stuff. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, so you know what I did? I called, I called pastor. I said, pastor, I'm, I'm hurting right now. this and that. He said, John, he says, I think you can do it. My, my expectation was he's going to come bail me out, and I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad that he left me to the challenge. I'm glad, and the reason why was because in that element, I allowed the power of God to dwell in my life that I'd become a witness, and I, I went through, and, 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 and guess what happened? I learned how to trust God even more. Listen, there are going to be times in our life when opportunities are presented to you Stop looking at what you don't have and start understanding what you do have. And what you do have is the Spirit of God. What you do have is the grace of God. What you do have is Him Himself. And I've seen it too many times. I've seen, listen friends, I've seen it too many times. I've seen it where people dismiss some godly opportunities because they're so concerned about what they don't have versus who they have. Can I tell you that I, I, I almost blew Israel when I when I was invited to go to Israel, I almost blew it because all of a sudden here I am. And this is probably crazy thinking. You think what? My mom and dad are deaf. I, I'm, I'm fluent in sign language. I'm one of the best in the business. But all of a sudden, fear started coming upon me, acting, trying to tell me I was a novice, trying to tell me I can't go nowhere with my sign language. Trying to tell me you should sit here, son. You, you, you get out of the way. You ought to choose someone else. And I had the power and the ability to say no. Thank God I have godly men in my life. I asked Pastor Mitch about Israel. Pastor Mitch told me, he said, oh, I don't sense anything going to be wrong over there, John. Yeah, you should go. Not what I wanted to hear. And then I got good old faithful Gary Davis. Gary Davis is my dad. I think some of you guys see him walk over here, uh, walk over here, Pastor Mitch. Here, just in case you don't remember, you might have remembered this. He had that little yarmulke, the little Jewish hat on when he was walking in here. And he walked in like this. We call him a crip in our house because of the way he does all this. We, 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 actually, we, we actually call him Crip Gary. He got, he got the one eye low. He's like this. He's, got, he's blinging a big old Jewish chain on his thing. I'm probably going to ask my daughter, Grace, to, to teach him how to do that, uh, that little sea walk dance. <laughs> I said, hey, Dad, Dad you, you do the sea walk. He's like, what's that? What's that? I already know. But I asked Gary. I told Gary. I said, I don't know. And so the pastor from Southern California calls. <laughs> he calls the house, and he says, he said, he said, he calls my dad rabbi. He said, Rabbi, he said in the sign language, he said, Rabbi, and I just happened, you know, you know when you just happen to go by the door? You know what I'm saying? I just happen to go by the door, and then you see somebody on the screen, and you just happen to stop. I stopped like this. I bent my neck back like this, and I looked over, and I go, oh, man, it's Pastor Tom. And I see him, he goes, he goes, Rabbi, he said, What's wrong with your son? Man, I should have left when I had the chance. Out the door. And he said, why? I heard my dad say, why? Why? What's wrong with John? What's wrong with John? He said, 
Well, I asked him. He said, he goes, we want to take him to Israel. We're going to take care of him. God wants him to go. There was a prophetic word on his life two years ago that God was going to take him to Israel. And here I was saying no to the prophetic word. Fear tried to steal the witness and the power that was laying on the inside of me. My dad was sitting right there and he said, well, what's wrong with John? <laughs> Starting to agree with Pastor Tom. I'm looking over this way and I go, oh, man. I'm, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to cut out. I started one, two, and I heard, God. <laughs> Dang. I'm such an obedient kid, too. When my mom and dad, they call anybody. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my nature. It's the way I am. I come back in. I'm like, and my dad's not soft at all. Pastor Mitch, my dad is not soft at all. He, he's a loving man. He, my dad's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy. But this is what he does. He looks at me. He doesn't say, like, uh, John, you know, I just want her. He looks at me saying, what's wrong with you? getting picked on in my house now i said what's wrong with me what's wrong what, what happened go to israel that's it come on somebody come on you see steven steven had an opportunity it was a god-given opportunity that he had and he didn't take it lightly he had an opportunity that says, I, and it was, the opportunity wasn't so much that I, I get to serve people, but I get the opportunity to serve God, and I'm going to do it with power. I'm going to do it with faith. I'm going to do it out of love. I'm going to take the very opportunity to be the witness that God has called me to be. That was the attitude of Stephen. Amen. Look at this. The Bible says that there was a criteria the criteria was of good reputation, being filled with the spirit and wisdom. Reputation meaning being trustworthy, known for good works, and not being shady, but a person of integrity. Filled with the spirit meaning his power, his strength, his abilities, and his authority. Listen, this morning you have an opportunity to be the witness, not a witness who just shows up but a witness that can operate in power, a witness that can move and, and understand that you are just not just a nobody, you are a somebody, a witness that you can identify. When I identify with Christ, I understand who I am. The Bible says to those who believe and receive him that he gave you the right to become a child of God. And when you become a child of God, understand there is an authority about you. Listen, this isn't just, well, authority, authority. No, no, no. This is what God said that you can have this morning. You have been assigned this morning to be a witness for God. You have been assigned this morning to move powerfully for God. It doesn't matter where you came from. It matters where you're going. It doesn't matter about what happened, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. It matters the day you got saved and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. God had a plan for your life, and the plan was what? To expand the kingdom of God and not just to do it in a feeble way or a weak way, but to do it in a way that a witness should do it, in a powerful way, in an authoritative way, in a loving way to expand the kingdom of God. I tell you what, if we go to war, I ain't going without a gun. You call me to war, I'm not going to just, uh, I know there was that movie, the guy, with the, the medic guy, he, he, he just wanted to go help people. 
I'm not a medic. You follow me? I'm not a medic. You call me to war, I'm going to bring a gun. Come on, somebody. Because how many of those are a real enemy out there? You call me to war, I'm going to bring it. And you say, well, what do you mean? You, how many guns you got, Pastor John? You're going to go to war. You're talking about that kind of war. I'm talking about a spiritual war. I'm talking about a war that God has called you to. I'm talking about a war, listen, that, that God is. And one of the reasons why I brought up all those couples today that we all agreed to bring up these couples today was this. So that you can identify that change is real, that transformation is real, that God is not a respecter of man and he doesn't have favorites. And what God has done for every single one of those couples, God will do for you this morning. Come on, somebody. Watch this. This morning you are filled. When we're faced with new godly opportunities, fear will always try to intimidate it will try to, hey, you would get a bad doctor's report. Immediately, fear comes on the scene and said, I told you so. But uh-uh, not those that remain in Christ. Fear comes and knocks on your door. Let me tell you something. When we remain in Christ Jesus, fear has no option but to stand down. Fear, stand down. Why? Because I move in faith. Why? Because God is for me and not against me. Uh, oh, yeah. If the doctor speaks to you one thing, I speak back to the doctor another thing. Come on, somebody. Come on. Pastor Mitch is crazy. Crazy for Jesus. He doesn't let doctors talk to him a certain way. He cross cancels it right on the scene. Oh, what'd you say? Oh, no, no. But that's not what Jesus said, Doc. Come on, somebody. I'm not even playing around. Come on. And so when faith shows up, I mean, when fear shows up, we have an ability to speak to fear and say, stand down. And when we tell fear to stand down, it has no option. Why? Because I am in Christ and I am the witness. I am the I. I am the, I am the one that walks in power. Come on, somebody. I'm going to walk in power this morning. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear. Listen, the Bible says, do not fear. This is God speaking unto the prophet. He's saying, prophet, listen to me. Prophet, man of God, you don't got to fear. For I am with you. Stephen, I'm with you this morning. Do not be dismayed. In other words, you don't got to be shaken up. For I am your God. You see, God begins to say to us this morning, when we face adversities, maybe when we face things that are scary, maybe when we face things that are unforeseen, you can rest assured and you can understand that you can trust God, that God's hand is on you, that he is upon you, that he goes before you and he's behind you. You can trust God in every circumstance of your life. Listen, God said, do not fear this morning. You don't have to be afraid. And so a witness, a witness is even bolder when they understand that I don't have to be afraid. Oh, I'm a witness. Well, I'm going to show up to the stand. Yeah, I'm going to tell them everything that they did, too. Amen. Some of y'all are like, that's a rat. <laughs> Calm down now. We ain't trying to go back into the carnal. Amen. Come on, somebody. I saw that go down. What? I saw that go down. What happened? You ever get anybody ever, like, uh, kind of ridicule you because you go to church? Come on now. 
Somebody said, oh, yeah, what'd you go to church for? What'd you do this week? I went to church on Sunday. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went to church on Sunday. Oh, yeah. What'd you guys do? Like, hallelujahs? I said, yeah, we did the hallelujahs. I said, we did a little bit more than hallelujahs, though. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, man, I saw a man's leg grow. What you talking about? Yeah, no, I saw people get saved and born again. What, what you talking about? Man, I heard a testimony this weekend. I heard a testimony of a dude who ate ketchup packets that turned into a CEO this weekend. I heard a dude that, you know, used to live in a trailer, and then all of a sudden, come on, somebody, a trailer parking was this and that. Man, but God changed his life immensely. God changed him. I, I heard a, hey, bro, you know who goes to my church who? The ex, the, the president of the Mongols. He goes to church. So listen and understand that the power of your witness doesn't necessarily need to be your story. Hello? The power of the witness doesn't need to be your story. It can be a story that you heard that is so powerful that you got to share it. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, is that, is that right? Man, that almost sounds almost like me. And all of a sudden now, cause, listen, because it really isn't about us. It really isn't about, you know, what I can do for the kingdom of God. It's about what God wants to do through me for his kingdom. And I want to be used. Come on, somebody, if you want to be used by God, say, I want to be used. Amen. Power within. Go to Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will what? Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen, friends, I'm not saying that God is going to travel you from here to Russia. I don't know. I'm not, you know, and it says uh, Judea, Jerusalem. Listen, you might live on the west side. You might live on the east. I don't know where you live. But I'll assure you this, it doesn't matter where you live. The Bible says that you will be his witness, and you're just not a normal witness, but you're a witness that is empowered with the Holy Ghost. A power that is undeniable. A power that men, by no human standards, can stand up to. I'm talking about a power that everybody, when they recognize the power of God, and they start seeing miracles. Listen, if somebody comes to you and starts saying to you and says, Oh, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm going through this, going that. Man, take the opportunity and be the witness of God and pray for them right there on the site. You want to know why? And I'm going to tell you why. Because when the miracle comes to pass, when the miracle happens, all of a sudden now, they might remember you, but then they're going to want to know the name above all names, and they're going to want to know, how did you do that? Come on, somebody. Witness the power in you this morning. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. Watch this. For the reason I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God, which is already in you by the laying of my hands. For I did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and of sound mind. I love how the scripture starts. He says, for this reason, I remind you, I'm reminding you to fan in the flame the gift of God. Listen, we will never understand the power of the witness in us if we do not step out in faith to trust God and what he says to do. The Bible is saying to fan in the flame. In other words, you got to do the work. You got to put the work in there. I'm going to show up to the scene. You know what? I'm going to fan in the flame. Just like 
Some of you ladies be fanning yourself during church service. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm getting hot. You're doing the work. But the Bible says to fan in the flame the gift of God. What does that mean? That means there are gifts that lay inside your life. And that gift is the Holy Ghost himself. And it's slain in your life. What God is saying is go out there and activate it. Go out there and use it. Use what I give you. Why? Because there are dying people that need to understand the power of God. And you have been the witness. God wants to generate his power through your life that you would reach the lost. Come on, somebody. Watch this. We're almost done. Amen. He didn't give you a spirit of timidity. He gave you a spirit of power. Say power. power. Here's a thought. Why waste our time walking in timidity when God's plan and promise is to walk in power? Why waste our time? Well, I just, why waste our time? Let's start investing the time. You know, I'm going to walk in power this morning. What? It doesn't matter. Don't allow situations and circumstances to dictate whether or not you should walk in power this morning. I'm going to walk in power this morning. Why? Because the Bible says that I can walk in power. Well, am I being boastful? Am I being, you know, overly confident? No, no, I'm not being overly confident. I'm being confident in God. And God said that I can walk in his power. Come on, somebody. I mean, was Peter, being, was Peter being boastful because he walked on water? No, he was merely listening to the instructions of the Lord when Jesus told him to walk out on water. Peter all of a sudden said, what did he do? He was going to walk it out on power. He was going to walk it out to the voice of God. And what did he do? He gets out of the boat to walk on water. And what happens? You know what happened to Peter's life after that? His trust levels with God went up. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Stephen faced people. When Stephen in the, in the book of Acts, here he is. He's a, a man full of faith, full of wisdom, and full of the Holy Ghost. People then all of a sudden, the, the, the Sanhedrin and the religious teachers and everyone else, they're starting to come against Peter. They're like, uh, he's blasphemous. You know, how can he talk about Jesus? You know, he's blasphemous. And so what did they do? They made up lies about him. They made up lies about Stephen. They tried to set him up so he would be killed. To stop all this rubbish about Jesus. To stop all this talk about the name above all names. They try to silence. They try to silence the power in the witness. But the witness wouldn't go for it. The witness says, no, I'm too powerful in God. I'm not going to stop speaking about Jesus. I'm not going to stop speaking the name above all names. And what does he do? He continues to speak the name of Jesus and telling people about the gospel until the point of death. Whoa. Watch this in Acts 7.55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus at the right hand of God. You see, Stephen saw crowds. He knew they were lying, but he also knew uh, what he also knew it was that before he was in their presence, he was in his presence. You see, as a powerful witness, we have to understand that when we walk forward, when we move forward, understand it's not what you face, but it's in whose presence you're in. Oh, I'm going to go. Listen, God opportunities, they're already, some of you, they're already at your door. 
When I started sharing this morning, when I started sharing already, some of you, you saw the couples that were here, you're looking, you were starting to identify. All of a, all of a sudden, you heard pastor talking about praying and power. Now you started hearing the word about being a witness who has power. And some of us in here right now, I know it, I could feel it in my heart. Some of us in here, you're starting, you, you want that. You desiring that. You're saying, that's me. I want to walk in that power. What is that like? I want to walk in the power of God. What is that? Is that for me too, Pastor John? It is for you this morning. You are the witness this morning. And God's going to call you out this morning. I got so much here, but I'm going to just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scratch all I'm going to stop it right here. But I'm going to say one, one thing. I'm going to close with this story. You see, a lot of times what we won't, we will never really experience. Pastor Richard spoke out on trust last week. And what prevents us from experiencing the things of God is when we don't trust enough to operate in what he says we can operate in. And then it begins, it puts limitations on us. It holds us back. You're never going to know what that looks like until you step out and say, I'm going to trust God. Win or lose. Whether it comes out the way I think it should or shouldn't. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I knew that it was God and God was telling me to do it. Now, why he does it, he has his different reasons. And watch this. Listen, you got to listen to this part, though. And a lot of times the reason why we don't want to put uh, our trust in God is because we are afraid of the things that are unfolding before our eyes and we don't understand it. And a lot of times when things unfold before our eyes and we don't understand it, it's like, no, I got to understand the whole thing before I step. No, you don't. All you have to understand is that God is for you and not against you. All you need to understand that the Holy Ghost lives in you this morning. All you have to understand is that the word of God is greater than anything that is on this planet. That's the only thing that you have to understand this morning. Come on, somebody. Things will unfold. Listen, things are not going to come out the way we think they come out sometimes. They're really not. But God has always got a plan, and God will never let you down this morning. Come on, somebody. Listen, even when Pastor Albert was coming to the door, you know, I thank God for a woman like Linda that wouldn't give up on a, on a brother like this, on a sister like this. Even if it was, you should be in church. Without you should be in church, took a gangbanger and brought him into the house of God. And now what is he doing? He's not making little gangbangers. He's making disciples now. I'm talking about that powerful witness, amen. But see, we will never get there if we can't uh, trust God. What if we don't trust God? I'm going to close with this story. I have to say this story. <laughs> My poor family. Amen. Years ago when I first got saved and I started coming to church, I was coming two, three years already, something like that. And, man, I, I love God. I mean, I was I would go to Bible study, teaching Bible studies. I was an usher. Amen. Still am sometimes. Amen. And I was an usher, and I was doing all these things for God. And I, I wasn't doing it to earn, you know, God points. You guys follow me, right? I mean, I, I, I did it because I genuinely love God, and I love serving in the house of God. Uh, this is what I, this is what I, I feel like I was built for this, amen. I go to Bible studies. I would go all this other stuff. Why? Because I, I have to go. No, because I want to go. Hello. I want to be there, amen, because I could be somewhere else, and that's no good. Amen. But 
even got further than that. It wasn't that that's no good. I better be there. I got further than that. I just really started falling in love with God and started doing the things of God. And I knew no other place. It's like David said, I'd rather be at the door. I'd rather be at the door. Put the broom in my hand and I will sweep it with the song. Come on, somebody. So I was going to Bible study, Alice and I, and the kids, and we're going there, and oh, Grace, you weren't here yet. I mean, and, and, and so, uh, and so here we are, we're, we're going, and, and uh, I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to men's discipleships. I mean, I was shotgun preaching already at the men's discipleships. Pastor John had a problem. Brother John at the time had a problem. Brother John still got a lot of problems. Come on, somebody. Anybody got a problem? I got a problem, but it doesn't make me less of a witness. Amen. And so here I am. I got a problem. And, and, and so this whole time I'm over here driving around. And one time we go to this restaurant. It was the home. Uh, what do you call that? Hometown buffet over off of Meridian. Amen. And I, and I, was, you know, I was tearing it up. You know, you guys could tear it up. Amen. Tear it up. So I was tearing it up. I had this big old K5 laser or something like that. And. I was driving back, and I, I actually, I think we were going to go to church that night. Was it? I don't know. I, it was either a Wednesday or Thursday. We were going to go. And I was driving, and all of a sudden, but see, John, John Davis had a problem. And it was starting to bug me more and more and more. I'd be, I, I, would, I would be in, in vans or cars driving a men's discipleship, and probably, I hope I was the only one in the car, looking over my shoulder Every time I saw a cop, because I was scared that the cop was going to pull us over because John Davies had a warrant for his arrest. Don't judge me. Okay, I'm, I'm, this is over. Pastor Mitch, would you take the microphone? Bunch of judges. And I had, a, I had a warrant for my arrest. I'd been on the run for like three, four years. And I was tired of driving in these vans, looking over my shoulder like, oh, man. And then, you know, you drive over to a men's discipleship in Concord. I'm like thinking to myself, the last place I want to get locked up is in Alameda County. Send me home. I'm going to get locked up. Put me in Santa Clara County. I know all the homies in there. Hey. Hey, and all the homies said, no, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, you know, like I'm looking over, but it's starting to really bug me. Because I want to be a, the powerful witness for God. I, I, I'm really falling in love. I'm really that meth addict that got changed. I'm really that guy that came in from the street through the church door and had my life changed. I'm really that guy. But this guy got an issue. This guy's got a warrant for his arrest. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to go back to jail. Not when God was just doing all these amazing things in my life. And I thought, oh, no, this is a reset for me. I got to go back. Oh, no. At some point, I got to face this. So I was praying. I think it was when I went to a men's discipleship that really did it. I think I was in a band. And I think, uh, we, I think we actually got pulled over. And I was just sitting there thinking like, oh, gosh, this is going to be heck of crazy. They're going to come and run my name. They're going to arrest me right here. And you guys know Brother John? He's the usher over there. He goes to Bible studies on Friday nights at Brother Rob's house. 
I know, I didn't know he had a warrant either. <laughs> Don't worry, he's a good brother. I'll send him money on his commissary. <laughs> but it bothered me. God has impacted my life so much that it started to bother me. And I really wanted to move forward with the things of God. My heart was genuine. My heart was real. So remember I told you I went to the hometown buffet? It was a Wednesday night. Driving. All of a sudden we get pulled over by the cops. Look at my wife's going like this. We get pulled over by the cops. And the first thought I had was, all right, today's the day I'm going to jail. I looked at Alice and said, all right. I don't know how long I'm going to be in there. Hold it down. You got like 200 cousins. They'll help pay the rent. And I said, well, today's the day. I'm going to get out of the blazer. And so this all starts off crazy already. Blazer has tinted windows. And everything I already knew, so I was ready to go. I was on a full stomach eatery anyways. I came from the hometown buffet. No lie. Hurry up, write some phone numbers on my arm so I can make my collect calls. Don't mess with me. I know the drill. I know what I'm doing. And uh, so all of a sudden, this lady, she can't see through. There's two officers, and all you hear was, Driver, please put your hands outside the window. Like, this is just a traffic stop, lady. My hands are out the window, and then she tells me, like, she kept changing her mind. Then she, tell, <laughs> she, she, then she tells me, she says, driver, please get out the vehicle. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Open up the door, and then she goes, driver. No, this is what I thought she said. She's all, driver, please. She goes, she goes driver. Interlock your fingers. Oh, boy, just for a traffic stop? Yeah, I'm having a conversation with a lady that's real serious right now. And she says, walk back slowly. She goes, what's wrong with you? What everything the lady's telling me to do. And next thing you know, as soon as she hear, I hear her, what's wrong with you? She busses on me. Boom. She goes, don't you know English? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I told you to turn around. I'm like, I didn't hear that part. I'm so sorry. She says, well, it looks like you've done this before. I smiled. I said, yeah, I have. I'm not going to lie. I have. And she tells me, she says, she goes, okay. She goes, you ever been on, you ever been on parole or probation? I said, yeah. I said, um, I said, she goes, okay, well, next question, uh, anything I should know about? Anything in the vehicle? I said, no, my family's in the vehicle. Uh, I don't do drugs or anything like that. I used to, but then I got saved and born again. I said, but one thing, officer, I do have a warrant. And so what I was wondering, I'm over here negotiating with a cop. <laughs> what I was wondering, I'm all asking her politely. What I'm wondering is, uh, do you think you could take me in? Because I really want to take care of this warrant that I have. Over, you know, over my, you know, I really want to take care of this. And so she puts me up in the car, and she just thinks it's weird. All of a sudden, they get another call. 
And all of a sudden, they ran around. They're like, she goes, you know what? You're lucky today, dude. You're lucky today. We got a different call. Jump in the car, and they take off. All right, well, I still got to turn myself in, though. I still got to take care of Warren. So watch this. All of a sudden, I go to a Bible study. And I was praying the night before, and all of a sudden, God spoke to me. And God, God began to tell me, I need you to go turn yourself in. I need you to walk yourself into that office and turn yourself in. And, I was, and my next question to God was, why didn't you just have that lady cop take me? <laughs> Hello. It would have been so much easier. He says, no, I want you to go turn yourself in. So what I ended up doing was I went, and I told everybody in, that, in my Bible study, in my church, I told my boss, I went to my boss and said, hey, will I still have a job when I come out? I said, I don't know how long I'm going to be locked up for. I said, this is what I used to be, but I'm not like that anymore. My boss is at my job said, no, you know what, John? We really, really like you. We will hold, we will hold a space for you when you get out. We really love you a lot here. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then I talked to my wife and her and I, we worked things out and it's all right. I went and told my Bible study. I got before my Bible study. I said, hey, man, I just got to tell everybody at this table something. They said, what's that? I said, you know what? Um, something you guys don't know about me. I, I have a warrant for my arrest. And it is time for me, it's time for me to go uh, turn myself in. The Lord told me that it's time for me to walk in there and turn myself in. And one brother across the, bio, uh, across the table, he looked at me and he said this to me. He said, John, you are growing, son. And I said, what? He said, you are growing. I didn't really understand what he was talking about. I said, what do you mean I'm growing? He's like, you are growing in God. You're listening to God and you're trusting God. He says, God's going to do something for you, John. He goes, you just follow through. So I go. So I got my buddy, uh, Charles, and we drive down to the police station. I give him instructions. I told him, listen, I'm going to go in there and turn myself in. And, 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 and if I'm not back out in an hour, I said, just go ahead and take off, bro. I said, I don't know what's going to happen at all. He's like, all right, cool. I said, all right, thank you for everything. I really appreciate that. I walk inside of the San Jose Police Department, walk in there. I knocked on the window. I said, hey, how you doing? <laughs> they look at me like this. You know, I'm kind of goofy, you know. And I looked at them. I said, hey, how you doing? It's like, yeah. I said, uh. I said, my name is John Davis. They look at me like, so? <laughs> I said, my name is John Davis. And I said, uh, listen, I said, uh, I said, I'm here to turn myself in. And they said, oh, really? He goes, yeah. And he typed my name. He goes, oh, yeah, you got a warrant? You got a warrant there. I said, yeah, so I'm here. He goes, can you put your hands on the desk? I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, shoot, this is getting real now. This ain't the same lady. <laughs> hey, do you know this lady? No. My hands are on the table, and all of a sudden, cops come out. They say, you need to come this way, Mr. Davis. And they click me up, walk me in there. I don't know why they even, I don't even know why they handcuffed me. They only walked me like five feet to unclip me, to fingerprint me. So I walk in there, I go, and I sit down. You guys got to understand where I'm going with this. Remember the word trust. Remember the word trust. And then all of a sudden, I sit right there, and I'm opening up, blah, 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 and they, they fingerprint me. They looked at me. He's, they're talking. They come back on there. They say, oh, you know what? Uh, you know what? You know what we're going to do for you? I said, what's that? He said, you know, listen, we're going to give you another chance. We know you've been on a run for about three years, four years. I think it was, it was three years. You've been on the run for three years. We're going to go ahead. We're going to write you up another court date. Huh? Yeah, don't run from that. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? And I'm sitting there like this, and they go, yeah, oh, you know, another court date? There's, yeah, you're going to show up this date, this, another, this, that. They hand me the slip, and I grab the slip, and I go, oh, my goodness. I walk outside like this. My boy is still out there, and I walk, and I go, man, I can't believe this. Like, I should be locked up. 
And I walk over there, and I, I walk in, and I say, I can't believe it. So here we go, court day. You know, I got to bring my mom with me. Actually, I didn't really have a choice. My mom was going to go anyways. <laughs> you know, you don't have a choice with moms, right? So I go to the court hearing. I sit there, and there are all the inmates. They're bringing them in, this and that. They're talking to court arrangements and all this other stuff. I'm sitting there next to, you know, John Davis. Uh, yep. And then all of a sudden, the guy's, you know, the judge is talking. He's looking at this. He goes, oh, yeah. You've been on a run for a long time. I said, yes, sir, I have. He says, you've been on a run for a long, long time. He says, you turned yourself in? I said, yeah, I did. I turned myself in, Your Honor. And he's like, wow, you got a little history. I said, yes, sir, I do. He got the weird look on his face. He looks to the side, and he looks to the side. And then he goes, and he says, John Davis, can you, can you do something for me? And I said, uh, yes, sir. He's all, uh, I don't ever want to see you back in my courtroom ever again. And I need you to leave my courtroom and never come back. I'm going to drop the charges on you. But this some big mouth lady on the side of the judge saying, you can't do that. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, she was big mouth. She didn't, she didn't have to say nothing. All of a sudden, I get up, and I'm like, okay, boo, boo, boo. I, I'm getting ready to walk out. John Davis, yeah, I, me, the judge, I guess I can't do that. I got to issue you something, son. I said, all right. He looks at the lady almost as if he was going to spike that woman from trying to speak up. Don't mess with the witness. Don't mess with the witness who is listening to God. Don't mess with the witness. All of a sudden, he looks at me. He smiles all big. I, I never had a judge smile at me ever. <laughs> Pastor, this judge is smiling at me. Like he wants to take me out for lunch. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he, he looks and he goes, well, I got to give you something. He goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, how about a year of drug classes? 365 days, a whole year, Your Honor? I'm so bad. And then he, he goes, either that or pay me 100 bucks and get out of here. You know, I had mom with me. Mom was on the side. She said, she said, John, what did he say? He said 365, he said 365 uh, days for drug classes or pay 100 bucks. I have $100. Come on, somebody. Listen, but there's a reason why I told you that. I, am I okay with you guys right now? Is this all right? Is this all right? I, I still got your heart right now. Is Jesus got your heart right now? Listen, because we're, we're going to close right now. But I had to tell you this story for a reason. Because if God would have took me in when I got pulled over, I would have never learned the lesson of trusting his voice. I would have never learned what it is that you can trust God into a situation and come out a powerful witness. I would have never learned that what it was is, that, uh, you know, that would have been the shortcut. But God doesn't want to shortcut you. Why? Because you're too powerful of a man. You're too powerful of a woman. You've been called to be a witness for Jesus Christ. God's not going to shortcut anything, but God builds his people.